Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast, where you learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike, Mike Zlatnik, and today it is my pleasure and a privilege to welcome Mark Helpern. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Thank you very much for having, coming on the podcast. Uh, it's, uh, as I said, honor and a privilege to have you. Mark is a private investor who invests passively in a wide range of private placement memorandums, including 506 offerings, including some of our own deals and funds. Mark is a PhD in organic chemistry um, as his primary occupation. As a result, he naturally uh, performs uh, great due diligence analysis, just natural skills. And uh, he has applied his uh, skills in chemistry uh, of due, deep due diligence and analysis to private place memorandums. And he's become an expert uh, at that. Uh, in addition to his chemistry development, he um, his chemical uh, business, uh, he started uh, part-time investors LLC in 2017. He trains investors how to invest in prudently, how to invest prudently by performing due, due, due diligence. That was a, that was that was a long introduction. So uh, it makes you an expert in chemistry and a great educator for passive investors, uh, and that's your business today. Yes. Uh, and, and Mike, again, thank you very much for uh, inviting me to speak here on your podcast. I've been, again, I've invested in three of your uh, opportunities and I'm really happy with that. So uh, it's really a great honor to be able to speak with you today. Thank you kindly. We're honored and humbled to have you and uh, all the good work that you do. So without further ado, let us just um, uh, understand a couple of words about Mark. Where do you live, family? Uh, and then we will jump straight into the uh depth of uh, what does part-time investors.com do just just get a better clarity on uh what is it what is all this deep due diligence about on the on private place memorandums yes uh well, yeah, well um i live in uh, southern new jersey uh, i lived actually outside the country for 14 years so i have some perspectives uh, on those sorts of things um again i have a phd in organic chemistry that's my primary occupation i actually have four primary occupations uh, chemistry is one investing is number two launching another uh platforms soon called now be happier we won't get into that it's a I have an app a ted lecture and a few other things going on there i also do strategic business analysis and then part-time investors llc is, is a side business for me uh where um, basically i've learned how to do an investing uh my track record is pretty good and once I had more than a dozen uh, private placement investments under my belt, I said, you know what? A lot of people really want to learn how to do this. So that's why um, I started this. Part-time Investors LLC actually uh, trains people to go from, uh, in the older in the beginning, how to go from zero to a credit investor. But now in, in a recent a couple of years, uh, training people how to go from a credit investor. You know, once you get that magic ticket of a credit investor, how to get into private placements to do truly passive investing uh not semi-passive <laughs> like rentals self-managed rentals or semi-passive semi uh, uh until the sewer line breaks and then it's very passive it's, and then it's very active so that that's uh, a bit some of my uh some of my background you're certainly multi-talented right having four primary i guess trades or businesses is awesome and uh, you're transitioning from chemistry to investing to me that's that's the job number one of course you have a great sounds like you have a great um 
other passion uh, about improving, I guess, life and, and other and kind of enjoyment of that. You can talk about that, but let's dive first into parttimeinvestors.com. You have a few slides prepared, but we are doing this both audio and uh, and video. So talk, please talk talk through as you're sharing some of your uh, slides. Uh, walk us through your kind of your journey uh, and what is DDD, triple D mindset look looks like. Yes. Okay. Very good. Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the triple D mindset, where triple D stands for deep due diligence. The Reminds me of the um, the uh, what's the guy on the the uh, famous uh, chef who who drives around the country uh, on the the cook the cooking channel. Uh, oh gee, I, I, I know triple, you're talking about. Yeah, it's a triple something, but it's uh, <laughs> it's about food. Never mind. It's just uh, let's let, let's dive into triple. Yeah, well, the good thing about Zoom is you can see from my logo up. You can't see bottom, but you can see uh, if you were to see bottom, you'll see I have a special storage facility for carbohydrates. Um, uh, but, uh, anyway, we won't go into that. So I do like to eat. <laughs> okay. So, um, the, the triple D mindset, it's actually a mindset and it's an approach that's based on deep due diligence, not regular due diligence, but deep due diligence. And the goal is to improve your performance and I improve my performance, uh, when making decisions for crucial activities that involve risk. And obviously the more, the deeper due diligence that you do, the higher the probability of success. And the reason why we're talking about probability of success and not success is that when there's a risk, you cannot, you can never eliminate risk, but you can greatly minimize risk. And in private placements, it's very important to minimize risk. And here are just some examples where, uh, in my life, where I've used the triple D mindset and where I recommend that some of you might do this as well. Of course, private placement investing, which is the main reason for you guys here on the, uh, on the Big Microphone podcast, uh, but and breakthrough R&D. So I've been doing... Uh, I'm not going to bore you with the details of phase transcatalysis that I've been involved in for 47 years. I have more than three dozen breakthroughs in that area. And we have, uh, in, in breakthrough R&D, typically the success rate is about 5 to 10%. And because of the, the deep due diligence that I do, uh, my success rate is about 35%. Now, that sounds terrible for a real estate investor, which is about 95%. But for breakthrough R&D, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, and of course, Let's, let's you... stop for a second and just differentiate. I, I just love this point. Yes. What you just said so in in r d and other technology work uh a lot of investments most of them are strikeouts and a smallly small percentage becomes a success well in contrast uh in real estate if you do good due diligence your success rate is generally pretty pretty high you still yeah, have about 95 percent in, in my, yeah, in my you, that's an important point it's never 100 well i mean there are sometimes 100 percent situations but most investors don't uh think about the the losers until they happen but even in real estate even well selected well done due diligence you may still have a loser five percent having losses of five percent is not necessarily catastrophic in fact that's a that's kind of the business as usual if you succeed succeed 95 percent of the times and five percent of the times you have some underperformance or even some losses it's still okay it's still pretty good right that's exactly right. As a matter of fact, I manage. Uh, I, I don't. I'm, I'm because of the time limitation. I don't go into it here, but in my in my uh, full day course, I go into it where I, I actually show ten private placement investments that I have in my self directed Roth four hundred one k. Three of which, by the way, are yours. Uh, those are the ones that are performing very well. And one of the one of the um, uh, one of the private placements there is not performing at all. Uh, Jockey is very good. The horse is is uh, not quite dead, but uh, but not moving. 
And no matter how much deep due diligence uh, that we do, as a matter of fact, one of the things which I teach in, in, in the course is that uh, is in portfolio management is you know, never to invest more than 5% of your net worth in, uh, in, in any single project because, you know, a sponsor can go bad. So, for example, my Roth has invested in 10 different private placements currently in eight different sectors with six different sponsors. And, and I think that's important because anything can go wrong. You know, what if an asteroid hits the apartment, in the apartment complex? You don't have asteroid insurance. I mean, things, <laughs> things can happen. So, uh, and, and things do happen. But the more deep due diligence you do and the more diversification you do, the better it is, which is one reason why I also happen to love Temple Growth Fund 1, which I'm invested in, uh, because it's very well diversified. And I know that we're sort of, you know, uh, we, we haven't talked about marriage yet, but uh, we'll mention that briefly. But I will say that um, I invested in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the of the when the fund was open, so I was actually able to see uh, some deals, even a few exits, before I was able to invest. So part of my deep due diligence, and I probably shouldn't say this for you know for the Tempo Fund group, but I never invest in the beginning of a fund. I invest in the at least in the middle or towards the end of the open fund because I want to see what's going on in that fund. <laughs> before because I'm, I'm a very conservative investor so uh but it's, it's a very good point that you bring up yeah mark thank you for sharing this you you bring up two massive points one is the importance of diversification and the other really important uh advanced due diligence uh suggestion or or or, or idea is when you look at a, at a fund with existing investments rather than a new fund you're in a much better shape because you can actually look at the portfolio and you can ask question how these investments are doing and get sort of a white box instead of a black box look at the fund. So it's an absolute adv uh, uh, sort of advanced technique and it's a great, absolutely great technique. When folks come in, there's so many investors just come in and just want to write the check. Uh, when yep. the, that's wonderful. But the sort of the, the, the sharp pencil folks, the, the PhDs in chemistry come in and say, hey, what do you got in the fund? What kind of investments and how are they doing? Give me a little more information. So I, I certainly applaud you for doing that. Well, thank you. And I applaud you for uh, offering these these great opportunities that I can perform my deep due diligence. And then just the last one, obviously, I'm going to get into it too much, but uh, marriage, uh, if people perform more deep due diligence on, on marriage, maybe uh, <clears throat> we'd have a, a higher probability of success. Uh, uh, what is that? I think it's 22% uh, of marriages fail within the first five years. Uh, that's uh, data from 2022. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> so we're talking about risk. We're talking about managing risk. So what is the source of risk? Well, risk, and I, I didn't look it up. I probably should have looked it up in chat GPT, but I just pulled this out of an orifice typically covered by cloth. Um, the source of risk is the existence of factors that are unknown to you when you're making a decision that affect an outcome. And, you know, I don't do deep due diligence on everything. I do deep due, due diligence when the outcomes have very significant consequences, like private placements or, you know, I'm investing a million dollars in breakthrough R&D or marriage, things like that. So we're sort of in the middle. Um, there, there's pros and there's cons and there's outcomes. And the risks are, so, so if we don't know all the pros and the cons, well, we have uncertainty about our outcome. And, and when it comes to private placement investments, what, what we're, you know, passive investors like me, private passive investors like me, what, what I'm looking for is high return. And I'm looking for passive. Now, I, I want Mike and all the people that Mike work with to do all the work. I don't want to do any work. I, I I did my work when I was younger. Now I want you to do the work. Um, and so what I want is the high return and, and the passive investing. But people are caught between that and the patience for deep due diligence. And I'm going to explain 
I'm going to detail what deep due diligence is in, in, I think, in the next slide or so. So a lot of people don't have that patience. But I'll say the more deep due diligence, not due diligence, the more deep due diligence you know, you, you perform, the less of the unknown factors there are, the higher the probability of success. We never eliminate risk, but we greatly minimize it. So here are some examples. And of course, you always want to do uh, uh, deep due diligence on the jockey and the horse. People say, oh, I bet only on the jockey. No, no, no. <laughs> Every once in a while, you have a really good jockey and the horse uh, has a problem. And of course, if you don't, you have to do deep due diligence on both the jockey and the horse. And when the jockey, we're talking about two levels of management and operations. So I don't look just at the, let's say, at the, um, uh, I'm involved in a specific apartment syndication. I want to see, like, I want to meet with the, um, uh, with the property manager or the asset manager, uh, or if I invest in a, in a precious metal mine, I want to meet with the technical people that are in charge of that, or uh, a really good one that I uh, invested in the, the niche uh, with, um, uh, with Tempo Investing. We were able to do, you provided us the opportunity to do deep due diligence on the, the operators, the people that actually run, um, I think it was 9,000 beds in 14 facilities. And I learned a lot of great things by being able to see uh, you know the deep due diligence on the opera on the operators, not just the fund managers. Of course, you have to understand and challenge every upside assumption. So, why do we do this? Well, we we invest because we went for the upside. So we have to understand the upside, and we have to understand every assumption that goes into it and challenge every assumption. Of course, understand and challenge every risk. So, in the private placement uh, memorandum and all the associated documents, typically 150 to 160, 170 pages. There's typically, there are typically about 10 pages of the PPM. The PPM is typically 50 to 70 pages itself, 10 pages that describe each and every risk that the sponsor or syndicator or fund manager could come up with. So I strongly recommend, and I, I teach, to look at every single risk that's written there and even to try to identify risks that were not identified there. So this is deep due diligence. This is not just, oh, let's read it. No, no, no. I'm talking about studying it and actually put it in writing what the risks are, the crucial risks, and what the mitigation is. Understand and challenge every spreadsheet, every line of the spreadsheet. People say, that's crazy. There's no way that I'm going to go read all these spreadsheets, look at every line. Okay, if you're going to be invested for three to five years or more in a private placement, so what, I'm not going to put in five hours, 10 hours, 15 hours to understand everything. I want to understand because once I send, once I wire my money, I'm done. I don't have any voting rights. I don't have anything. I'm now relying on this. So, you know, when I was doing uh, flips and rentals, of course you do 10 hours of deep due diligence on, on everything and on the tenants and on the contractor and all that. What We're not going to do the deep due diligence up front because, one, again, once I'm a passive investor. Once I wire the money, it's done. So I want to have a lot of confidence going in that the syndicators and projects um, and managers and fund sponsors are, are, are good um, and that the deals are good as well. And I read every word of the PPM. I know like nobody does that, but I do that. And my sponsors know and fund managers know that if there's a, a colon instead of a semicolon, they're going to get an email from me. Uh, understand who gets paid, when and how much. And I just want to very briefly talk about the, the Van Halen uh, Brown M&M clause. Uh, Mike, have you heard of this? Yeah, yeah, I've I've uh, I've heard a little bit about that, but before you do this, I, I again I wanted to uh, applaud okay. you on on all this work that you're doing in education because reading PPMs is uh, <laughs> it, it's a very technical trait. It requires mindset of an engineer 
or a scientist like you, and I, I do read uh, these documents and they're not easy to read and paying attention to detail is a skill set, but uh, the due diligence goes far beyond, obviously, uh, PPMs, because a lot of PPM has these, <laughs> they call them wonderful disclosures that attorneys yes. put them anyway and all these all these risks. But the practical part is it's important to know them, but also it's important to actually do what you do, dig into the assumptions. Uh, look at the sensitivity analysis. Look look at sensitivity, what happens with interest rates, what happens with yeah. uh, uh, RAM uh, assumptions. Yeah, there are yeah. so many variables. And if you don't challenge these variables, the outcomes may be very different. Understanding kind of your the good, the bad, the ugly scenario, and at least you you, you can go into the deals with wise wide eyes wide open. So I love this. This is this is absolutely awesome work that you do and you're educating folks how to do it. And it's absolutely vital before people write a check that they they spend time actually getting to know the uh the jockey and the horse. So I, I love to call it first who you're investing with. I don't know which one is the jockey, which one is the horse. Is the uh, I guess the jockey is the people you're investing with, and the horse is that's the right. Assuming that, that that's exactly right. And and by the way, the reason why I I wrote read every word of the PPM uh, in fifth place is because that's where it belongs. In other words, you have to first do you know the uh, the due diligence on the people, on the upsides, then the risks and the spreadsheets. And then, then the PPM. So yeah, people say, "Well, there's nothing in the PPM." You know, the the risks, the risks that are delineated in the PPM are are there, and it's really worthwhile to understand them. And different projects have different ones. I mean, I invested my Roth invested in a farm in Paraguay. Well, you know, I need to understand certain things. I need to understand uh, what was the political. I had to do due do diligence on the political stability of Paraguay so they wouldn't nationalize the farm. So there's just a lot of different things like this. And just maybe since you mentioned financing, maybe I don't know if I'm allowed to, you can edit this out later if it's inappropriate, but the the PPM or the PPM, the, the presentation on the niche, um, this was, we invested before the Fed started rating, raising interest rates in, in uh, May of 2022. I think we invested in January of 2022. And they did a, a rate they bought the rate cap uh i think it was a quarter million dollars they bought a rate cap well well that's great that and, and i knew that another thing when we looked at at the ppm maybe it wasn't the ppm it was actually the the uh, the webinar uh with all the so the pp people oftentimes confuse the ppm with the pp with a package the entire package which usually includes the webinar and all the assumptions and the spreadsheets well the people that were doing the the niche they they actually uh showed uh you know different uh, returns at different cap rate exits. So, you know, th th these are the kind of things that you need to know and you need to look at it and not just say, oh, the webinar was good. So I think I'm going to write a check for five, 50,000 or a hundred thousand or a quarter of a million. So I won't go into the Van Halen uh, Brown M&M clause. You guys can look no, it up. No, no, please explain for the audience. I, I would absolutely love to uh, to hear that for sure. Okay. Well, so but Van Halen was once in a situation, you know, they have, they have a lot of heavy equipment, the, the, the band, and they were once in a situation where the uh, the stage was not engineered properly and it collapsed and tens of thousands of dollars of damage was done. So what they decided to do was to put a clause in the contract with the venue. Um, so, so of course, in the contract that says, you know, it shows the engineering specifications to make sure that, the, that the, it won't collapse. And and they put a clause in there that says that in the green room, there'll be a bowl of M&Ms. Well, you know, a lot of bands ask for, you know, strange things. But they had a subclause that said there shall be no brown M&Ms in there. So what they would do before they would go up to the green room before they would set up their equipment, they would take a look and see, well, first of all, is there a bowl of M&Ms? 
And if there is, are there any brown ones in there? Because if there are no brown M&Ms, that means that somebody read the contract in such detail that they probably have the engineering clause. Uh, you know, the, the, the engineering specifications are good enough. And so to put a seed inside of a contract like that is, is absolutely brilliant. So how does it affect, uh, you know, private placements? I read every spreadsheet and every risk and every assumption as if um, I'm a contractor for, you know, I, I'm a, a, a contractor of a venue for Van Halen. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. That That is a um, critical piece. It's basically, I'm going to call it a um, uh, a red flag, uh, completely um, innocent red flag. If there are brown M&Ms, means they didn't really read the contract. Doesn't mean... The stage won't hold, but it means that uh, there's a possibility now that they didn't follow all the instructions. And exactly, and and that's the exact point. That's right. So I, I teach people to read your your documentation and study it as if the the Brown M and M clause, which is which is pretty brilliant. So I've been speaking to a lot of syndicators and fund managers and project sponsors, and uh, actually, <laughs> I actually did a strategic business analysis for one of them. Uh, somebody you know, that they've raised tens of millions of dollars, and I had I had the opportunity to invest ten and a half hours with them, understanding their situation. And they were telling me that about ninety percent of, of private investors don't even read the PPM, and only about five percent perform the kind of deep due diligence that I talk about. And I, I can't say I was shocked. I mean, I'm shocked that, that that's the reality, but that's apparently the way that it is. So only about five percent of private investors have the patience or the mental bandwidth for the deep due diligence. So if you want the high return in passive investing, you have to have that patience. And and so I'm actually targeting only those those five percent of the people. So I have a thing called the Part Time Investor Alliance, which is something that I uh, I don't usually uh, promote, but uh, I know that uh, you know when we talked about having this meeting, you wanted to you wanted me to talk about the Part Time Investors Alliance, and uh, do the membership. Uh, has a very high barrier to entry. You have to have the deep due diligence mindset. And how do you screen that? Well, they have to take my course. And I have a course. I'm not. It's not that I'm trying to, to sell a course here. Please understand that part-time investors LLC is not my primary source of income or secondary or tertiary source of income. It's a side hobby that I do. Uh, and I do it mostly because I enjoy it. Because if you take my course, or don't take my course, it's not going to change my lifestyle at all. But I do want to just mention what the, the course is. The name of the course is called High Return in Private Placement Investing, Best Practices in Risk Management. It's a very intense full-day course. After a brief, brief introduction, there's some I talk about some common categories of private placement investments, setting expectations. This is target metrics as well as uh, income and, and, uh, and growth uh, expectations, risk management basics, documentation. Sections five and six are where the bulk of the course is. Uh, one is in section five, I, I do a very detailed analysis on apartment syndications, how to identify which ones are good, that are good enough to proceed to deep due diligence. And I, I do a full analysis. I show every single risk in the PPM, all 23 risks, the 10 pages out of the, I think it was a 62 page PPM, or was it the risk? And section six, I, I show uh, again, 10 examples. And I mentioned every single risk that is mentioned in every single one of the PPMs. This is extremely boring. So what happens is that if you can tolerate after lunch, listening to all this kind of stuff, you have qualified for the deep due diligence mindset because uh, I actually discourage people from taking my course. If you, if, you don't, if you can't sit through this, don't take the course, but also 
you know, be careful about your investing because you're not going to have a, a higher uh, high performance uh, portfolio as a whole. And I talk about diversifying, uh, you know, the portfolio. I talk a little about high risk private ventures, uh, private venture investing. Section eight is actually a very uh, amusing. I talk about 10 deals that I rejected. Uh, section nine had access to private placement opportunities through a variety of networking. And section 10, I pulled all together, starting from the one pager all the way to the end. And then once you take the course, now you qualify for becoming a member of the Part-Time Investor Alliance. And we have several benefits. One is you get access to my deal flow, but not all of it, because these days, uh, since I, I I actually will be speaking for the sixth the sixth time at a family office club uh, summer super summit uh, in December uh, in Fort Lauderdale, so I have huge exposure. So I'm actually getting pitched a deal per day. I'm getting pitched one private placement per day on average, which is way too much that I can possibly handle. So, but what I what we do is that when so when I get pitched something. Um, I, we, myself and Rob Skalski, the manager, we go back to the, the, the syndicator fund manager or project sponsor and say, you have to present the one pager. Then so we, we have a members only Dropbox folder for one pagers. <coughs> this is just a small sampling of that. And then all of our members have access to the one pagers. And then we have a private unlisted LinkedIn group that you cannot find by searching. It is private and it is unlisted. And there we do networking. And the most important part is that People can do deep due diligence for for collaboration. So since everybody who's done my my course in the past, it was coaching clients. I don't do coaching anymore because I, the demand was actually too high, and I can't I can't do one on one coaching for a full day. It doesn't make sense anymore. Um, but since all these people have gone through this deep due diligence uh, training, then they might say, "Hey, have you seen the um, you, know, you know a tempo fund uh, uh, offering? You know, let's do deep due diligence together." So you're then you're networking, you're doing deep due diligence only with other like-minded people that are in that top 5% that actually read all this stuff and read every spreadsheet and every, and all that kind of stuff. So this is very, very valuable. And then meetings. We have meetings with Capital Raisers. I think we're having one with you, Mike, on uh, September 5th, uh, 2023, coming up. So our Part-Time Investor Alliance, we're going to be uh, meeting. And of course, meetings with other members. <laughs> and we also have inner circle um, privileges at Family Office Club Summit if we have 10 or more uh, alliance members that come to one of these meetings, which are phenomenal meetings to meet people. It's just fantastic to meet sponsors. And of course, our meetings are online and in person. Uh, this is a picture uh, from the website, the Family Office Club website. I'm actually sitting here on one of the panels. It was a couple of years ago. So uh, if you do want to do the, the this course on high return, uh, private placement investing, best practices and risk management, you go to parttimeinvestors.com, you click on the events tab, and Tempo Fund Clients or anybody who is associated with TF management, uh, get a $500 discount. So you can go there. You can also use this QR code uh, for that. So that's that's the, my that's my general philosophy. I know this looks like a commercial, but really the message is, is my message is like this. A very small minority of private investors do the kind of deep due diligence that I do and I teach. And I think it's really important for like-minded, when we say, oh, like-minded investors. Now, when we talk about like-minded, we're talking about people that are willing to tolerate this course uh, on that we analyze every risk for 10 different private placements. That's that's really quite a lot. So that's pretty much what I, uh, you know, what the message is. If you want to join us, it's you have to be part of the deep due diligence mindset. And I think it's... Uh, I think it overall increases the performance of a portfolio 
of private placements. Doesn't guarantee, right? I, I have I have one out of 10 right now that's not performing at all. So that's pretty much, uh, I think I have one more. Oh yeah, uh, just in case you were, uh, you were curious, I also have, uh, this is one of the slides from the course about best in class characteristics uh, for the uh, fund managers. And actually uh, I'll just mention here that among all, <laughs> among all the different uh, characteristics, Third-party auditors, you know, so Tempo Funds works with um, Verivest, which is an independent third-party uh, auditor, and I, I love that. And in fact, when I first started with Tempo, when I was doing my my deep due diligence, that was one of the factors because I didn't I didn't know you guys. Is like the first? How do you go for the first time? Well, the fact that you had Verivest uh, screen me for my, uh, uh, you know, if I'm a credit investor, and the fact that they are doing audits for you, that was a really big deal for me. So there's a whole list of best in class characteristics for the syndicators, fund managers and project sponsors. And Mike, uh, you and your team meet those criteria or else I would not be investing with you. Mark, thank you uh, for your kind words and for your great sharing. So a couple of quick comments. The very best is uh, our fund administrator, just for just for oh, the administrator. Uh, application. Yes, yeah, so we use third party orders. We use, for example, Armanino LLP is the order. So uh, in fact, I'm a huge supporter of the concept of outsourcing fund administration. Auditing, by, by definition, it has to be third party. You can't have an in-house audit, right? But the fund administration, a uh, number of organizations run them in the house. And I'm not saying it's an impossible task, but for investors, it's a whole lot better and safer if it's a third party fund administration, because you know, essentially, independent uh, third party is running the books of the of the company. But what you're doing with the uh, Part-Time Investor Alliance, it's a great uh, service for the community. Reminds me a little bit, I don't know if you've ever heard of the 506 group. There's a little bit of similarity to that, which is also a group of a lot of what I call them engineering mind type, very, very similar in concept. And that group is also very well known, very successful, like your group, uh, attracting typically, again, scientists, engineers, very detail-oriented mathematicians. Why? Because uh great minds think alike in essence and and you you're not going to take an art person and throw them into deep dive into the ppm they're not going to love that like that work but the, the work is important is because deep due diligence does enhance returns quite a lot quite a lot and quite a bit as a result of deep due diligence you can avoid really bad deals which is part of the success and then you can also focus on a, on a better deal as you go through due diligence you can actually realize this is really good I want to put a little bit bigger check. So due diligence actually helps you make a decision on the size of a check you want to write. Of course, you want to diversify. Nonetheless, you, you, it might tell you, hey, this looks a little bit borderline. I'll write a smaller check. This is no good completely. I'll step, stay away. And this looks excellent. Maybe I'll go a little bit more within the diversification principles. Yes, uh, great comments. And I, I think... Um, uh... One of the things I talk about in the course is I call it pre-vetting. Pre-vetting means that when I work with the best-in-class uh, fund managers, syndicators, and project sponsors like yourself, best-in-class, they're doing before like before you present anything to a guy like me, you're doing your deep due diligence. You're not going to do marginal deals uh, because you do, and that's what you do for a living. I mean, I do chemistry for a living, so. The minimization of risk in the private placements, as opposed to the Wall Street casino, is that guys like you are pre-vetting deals for guys like me, and that further minimizes risk. So 
I think that's a uh, that's an important concept. I, I mentioned Rob Skalski is the manager of uh, of our part time investor alliance. He was a wealth manager for Vanguard for twenty six years, and he was a big believer in the stock market. And then I'm not going to go into Rob's personal details, but you can imagine in the last year, uh, well, not the last year, but let's say in 2022, uh, people that were invested purely in the stock market, diversified among different types of stocks, lost 20% of their net worth. So now Rob is a full believer. And uh, so as a wealth advisor, he was also very much into deep due diligence. So it isn't just scientists, engineers and you know, we have a lot of people like, you know, network, um, uh, you know, cybersecurity people and just uh, you know, financial uh, advisors. There are a lot of people that do perform deep due diligence that who are attracted to this. Um, uh, one of our guys is a, has an insurance agency. You know, these are people that look at things pretty deeply. So it's uh, uh, it, it's it's a it's a good group. Another there's another group of, of people out there called left field investors. And we're now discussing some things with them. But again, you know, only about, I think about 5% maybe of their members, but we, you know, we might be doing some collaboration for the 5% of their 1,200 members uh, that might be, uh, you know, interested in this sort of thing. So again, it's a select group. We're not that elitist, but we do want to have the like mind. The, the deep due diligence, I think, is the right, is the right way to go. Um, but not everybody feels that way, so. Oh, I, I, I concur, and, and I appreciate the work you do in strength in numbers. Uh, it, it is more like-minded Great folks get together and um, get better organized. You certainly uh, have economy of scale. And just a final comment on what you said about the Wall Street. So of course, uh, the Wall Street is the, mo is the most popular way to invest, and it's been the most po most popular. And I'm invested in there. You know, I'm, yeah, there's I'm, nothing I'm, wrong with with having diversification, some uh, uh, stocks and bonds, and some alternatives. That is part of the prudent diversification. But just I'll add a final comment. I'm writing a, a new book. And uh, part of that, I'm just comparing and contrasting investing in Wall Street versus investing in real estate. And there's a single word that explains the difference between the two. That there's kind of the many obvious differences, but a one word um, kind of captures the essence of the difference. And the word is predictability. In real estate, you could have a lot more predictable outcomes, while in stock market, you cannot. One of the challenges in the stock market is a very efficient market. So efficient markets, by the theory, Information travels fast. Social media, the news just flows through within seconds. The stock price move and your competitive advantage disappears uh, unless you've got inside information way ahead of others. With real estate, it's very different. You could do deep due diligence. You could find a great deal and it could be private and you can invest with a whole lot more confidence and predictability in the outcome. You make the money on the buy. You also execute a strong value add and you know what, what you're going to get. Now, no guarantees, there are risks involved. But it's just a gigantic difference between exactly. predictability of the stock market versus predictability of real estate investments. Of course, bought right with the right jockey and the right course. Exactly. Oh, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I'm not sure exactly if we're going to finish right now. But before we do, I want to just make sure that I want to I want to thank you. This is not flattery, but I want to thank you for the work that you do for the community because your podcasts uh, are very good. And some of the, your updates, you know, it isn't like, oh, invest in Tempo and Sometimes you provide outstanding insights into the marketplace that are just uh, that have nothing to do with marketing. It's just because you feel I, I assume it's because you feel you want to give to the community. So I just want to personally thank you for your contribution to the investor community. Um, 
in, in giving all the perspectives and not just the you know podcast like this. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. You're too high. You're too kind. I'm I'm honored and humbled, and I appreciate. I, I do not make statements the, the that I cannot support words. with evidence. So as a scientist, I don't. I, I I'm incapable of flattering. As a matter of fact, I tell people I was born in New York and raised in Israel. I'm genetically incapable of having any uh, social skills that are good. So uh, I do not make statements without the ability to uh, support them. So I. I I really do thank you for what you do. And anybody that listens to your podcast will know that this is the truth. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. And then finally, uh, how would folks get a hold of you? What's the best way to reach out? Is this Mark at parttimeinvestors.com and the website parttimeinvestors.com? Any other way to reach out? Uh, yeah, that, that's really the best, uh, parttimeinvestors.com. And uh, go to the Contact Us page, and that actually comes to me. And uh, my name is spelled with a C, so it's M-A-R-C, Mark at parttimeinvestors.com is is uh, is the best way to reach and i have like 60 different articles blog posts on on there and all kinds of stuff so it's uh i i, I do i do write a lot uh you can also reach out to me on linkedin there's uh you know a lot of good stuff there ptc expert but just anyway the best way is uh parttimeinvestors.com contact us and that'll be the best way thank you so much for that opportunity thank you mark appreciate it and i'll see, see you soon at the at the event that's coming up in a few weeks yeah september 5th see you then in person thank you Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fun Book, head to BigMikeFun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's slot name. Keep listening and keep investing Big Mike style. See you on the next episode.